Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, baby. Everybody aboard for the final chin check of the week. It's Friday, baby, so we're looking at some news. And goddamn, some shit has gone down. <laughs> we also look at the UFC 254 weigh ins. And we have, was it week seven? Yes, yeah, week seven NFL predictions. Alright, so let's get this popping. What? Okay, people, so we are entering week seven of the NFL season. And uh, yeah, we got some good ass games to look forward to. Um, yeah, at the weekend. All right, so um, our Sunday games we've got the Saints against the Panthers. Now, New Orleans are three and two, Carolina are three and three. Okay, it's, um, yeah, I know, right? It's one of them situations who, uh, who can get the job done, right? Now, I always forget about Bridgewater because Bridgewater, yo, he is legit, right? He, man, he's got a great arm. So, I think in this game, I think I'm going to say Panthers, right? So then we've got the uh, the Jets against the Bills. I think that's a no-brainer. It's Buffalo. Buffalo are getting that job done, right? Um, Now, the Bengals against the Browns. All right, so Cincinnati are 1-4-1. But Cleveland, they're four and two, right? So, you know, form-wise, you got to say the Browns. Got to say the Browns. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been pretty decent, right? Um, Washington against Dallas. Now, we both... Um, yeah, we've both been kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Washington are one and five, and Dallas are two and four. But I have to say, Washington, hey, they had a lot better game last week. A lot better game last week than you'd imagine. So, uh, yeah, I'm saying Washington. Well, I was always going to say Washington, but I'm, you know, I can say that with a little bit more faith. We've also got Houston against Green Bay. Houston are one and five. Green Bay are four and one. Yeah, it's Green Bay. You know what I mean? It's Green Bay. Whew. Now, this is a little intriguing. So, Atlanta against Detroit. Atlanta are one and five, and Detroit are two and three. So, I think it's a lot closer. Right, it's a lot closer than it kind of looks. Hmm. But now Detroit, right? They've got Adrian Peterson, who, who, good damn. But you know, what I mean? you cannot front on Peterson. He is, he is still a great fucking quarterback and running back, and I am pissed. That Washington got rid of him. Right? And 
you know, Atlanta. Atlanta, they... Man, they've got some good fucking players. They just... I don't know, do some crazy-ass shit, right? I think I'm going to say Atlanta. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Atlanta. Now, this is an intriguing one. So we got uh, Tennessee against the Steelers. Both 5-0, and oh, right? Both 5-0. and oh. Hoo-hoo-hoo. Man. I don't know. I'm going to have to say Steelers, though, because that's my... Yeah, that's my second team, baby. You know what I mean? Steelers. All day. Ooh, it's going to be fun, though. Right? So, we've got the Raiders at the Buccaneers. You know? Vegas against Tampa. Vegas 3-2. and two. Tampa's 4-2. and two. Ooh, I think Tampa gets it done. Yeah. I think Tampa gets it done. Now, Broncos against the Chiefs. So, Denver are two and three. Kansas City are five and one. It, you, you know what I mean? To bet against Mahone is kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. So, yeah, it's Kansas. You know, I think Kansas are going to be there at the end. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's what I kind of feel. I think. It'll be a big surprise if, um, yeah, Kansas isn't in the Super Bowl, right? So, um, you know, I mean, we still have plenty of time, so we will see. But, uh, yeah, in this game, it's Kansas City, baby, right? Um, ooh, we then have... Oh, we got Los Angeles Chargers against Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Chargers are one and four, and the Jaguars are one and five. I do like the Chargers, right? The Chargers have had some shitty luck, but I like the Chargers. So yeah, I'm saying the Chargers get the win. Joey, I think for most of the time, I'm always going to take the... I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I like the Chargers. They're in their crazy-ass fucking kit. So, we've got the Patriots against San Francisco. Hmm. And it's a tricky one, right? I think it kind of depends on what's fucking happening in New New England. I think everyone's down with COVID. You know, I think they've got they've had some issues, right? So uh yeah, I mean that's a big question. Um but I think 49ers are gonna be without some people as well. So yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one. So I think I think I'm going to say um, New England Yeah, I think I'm going to say New England We have Arizona against Seattle Now, I think Cardinals have been good Right, Cardinals had a good game Um, Well, I say they had a good game They fucking ripped Dallas apart Right Rip Dallas of heart. So, uh, yeah. Going up against Seattle Monday night. Ooh, but Seattle, they've been, uh, yeah, they've been doing their thing. It's, it's a tough game, right? It's a real close game. Although... Seattle just snuck past the Vikings last week. You know what? I'm going to say the Cardinals give the Seahawks their first loss of the season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then Tuesday, we got the Los Angeles Rams against Chicago Bears. You know, Rams is 4-2, and two, Bears are 5-1. and one. Right, so um, yeah, Bears just got past the Panthers last week, and um, 
the Rams kind of just lost to the 49ers. I'm going to say the Rams for the win. Going to say the Rams for the win. Going to be a good game, though. So, I think the standout games for week seven. Well, Cardinals, Seahawks, for sure. For sure. Um, I think Raiders, Buccaneers, that's going to be tight. Titans, Steelers, for sure. Uh, I'd say Saints, Panthers. Um, hmm, Chargers, Jags, and Broncos, Chiefs. I mean, they're going to be our fun games of the week. But yeah, they're the week seven predictions, people. Okay, so Thursday night. We had Icon Fighting Federation 2. And I figured I'd check it out. You know, it's Roy Jones Jr.'s uh, MMA promotion to go with his uh, Roy Jones Jr. boxing, you know. Um, new A new event. But the big thing about this card was um, Frank Mir's daughter was making her pro MMA debut. Which, you know, it's an interesting one, right? So she trains with Big John Wood at Syndicate MMA in Vegas. So you know she's got a good basis. And the fact her dad's Frank Mir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Two-time uh, UFC heavyweight champion. You know, so she's got that base, right? She can learn so much from Mir. Who had great jujitsu, so um, yeah, she was the co-main event, which is kind of crazy, right? For your pro debut, she was going up against Daniel Wynn, who, um, you know, she had some uh, big things with her, like in her corner was um. Oh, I think it was Diego Lima, right? Um, so that's that's good MMA credentials. You know what I mean? So being his protege, you're gonna learn a lot, and the fact he's still actively fighting, right? So that's all good. Now the fight started off, and Win really took it to me. She came out swinging. You know what I mean? Just throw, trying to throw everything backing me into the fence. Um, but me is able to get a, a pretty easy takedown. Now, when they were on the ground, suddenly we're seeing all this blood. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Looks like Mir got cut. Now, it wasn't a cut. It was just her nose. Man, it was a lot of blood coming from the nose. Uh, for, for a while... Um, you know, Wynn was able to tie Mir up, but she got off some ground a pound, got off some knees to the body in um in that first. Right? So in the second round, you know, they're on their feet. And again, like Wynn's throwing. The the problem with Wynn, I think it's the pro debut, right? So I'm sure she's more refined in training, but you could see an anxiety, like you could see the pressure, and she is just throwing everything, which is taking her off balance, you know, when she's winging these shots. So it allowed for um, Mia to get another takedown, and um, yeah, like she's in the second round. Mir's able to get a lot more ground and pound. You know, uh, she was a lot more dominant with her attacks. Like, I think looking for different positions, you know, trying to get mount and just, yeah, dropping elbows, hammer fists. Now, 
the shots aren't like concussive, but when you're raining down these kind of shots and your opponent isn't doing anything, it did have the referee looking a few times at possibly jumping in and stopping, but then wins you know, able to change a position and just move enough to keep the fight going. But you did notice at the end of that second, Win was considerably tired, right? So in the third round, uh, yeah, Mia gets another takedown. You know, she's doing her thing. Now, she does go for an armbar. Right, she goes for an armbar, which at one point it is looking like it could possibly be something. But she lost the elbow. She lost the elbow, allowing Wynn to um, kind of stack her up. At one point, me could have possibly had a triangle, but it ended up with Wynn on top. Now, Wynn's not able to, she doesn't really do a lot from top because, yeah, I can see she's tired, right? But she gets off a few shots and ends the round with a guillotine attempt. Though, you know, Miz, she, she moves her body to the side, kind of, so there's no way of... Um, you know, win actually getting the guillotine, but it looks good, right? It looks good to finish the round in that position. But um, I think as it went, Mira done enough in that first round, second round of 10 8 to get the win, right? And um, yeah, it. I think it was it was a good. It was, you know, a decent performance, right? And definitely a good way to make your pro debut. Because it was a, ch- it was a challenge. You know, Wynn was, Wynn was trying, right? There's, I think it, it could have been an easy thing to try and find a real easy opponent. You know what I mean? Get a quick win, all of that. Look, Frank Mears' daughter gets a, you know, one of those ones, Right? A little crooked like we see in uh, boxing. But, no, Daniel Wynn, you know, she she was tough. You know, she was pressing forward, you know, trying. And so it made it a good fight. Um, I, I, see, the thing was, now, when Mir talked to Dean Thomas, yeah, it was Dean Thomas and TJ's DeSantis uh, doing the commentary, and she did say that, you know, at the beginning of the fight, she was a little bit, like, caught up in the moment. But she's just like, oh, no one really comes at you as hard in practice. Which, yeah, I think that's definitely a, a big thing that you notice sometimes in fights. Right, because people go, oh yeah, I'm great in this position and I'm great here. But then in the fight, you look at it and you're like, oh, no, they're not. Oh, they had a hard time. And yeah, that's. I think that's part of it, right? Your training partners, if they if they're decent people, they're not trying to kill you. And sometimes you need to be near death to be able to realize a situation. So that was interesting, and I think it's a, an honest assessment of what happened. But yeah, Mir did a good job. Now, Win, like she didn't look terrible. I think she just needs to, um, I think, calm down with the striking a little bit, you know. But she was just winging, right? So she was missing a lot of the shots, and I think that's probably what wore her out. So she just calms down, refocuses the, the the striking attacks. I think that will help her. But I think both will learn a lot going forward. So the main event was um, Alejandro Flores against Andy Perez. 
And um, yo, this fight, both like Perez. Whew. So Perez is the underdog, and he, you know, I mean, he's getting in Flores's face in the stare downs. You know, what I mean, it's just like, you know, some crazy shit. Now in the fight, Perez, you know, he's throw, he's trying, right? He's winging shots, all of that, but Flores. He had really good movement, really good movement. He puts Perez down in the first round with a short shot. Now, it did look like Flores had landed an illegal knee to the head when, um, you know, Perez went down and he's starting to get up. But when you actually look at the uh, replay of the incident in slower motion, you can see that the knee actually hit the shoulder. I mean, it's a risky fucking move. <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't illegal. And, um, you know, in the second round, Flores, he, he hurts Perez with body shots. Uh, and you think, oh, might have been close to stopping it. But, the you know, the round finished. And the third round... Third round, like, there was no concussive shots, but Flores pretty much won it. And I think it was just, he had good movement and good striking. Now, Perez, he's throwing, you know, he's throwing, trying to throw everything, trying to knock him out, but he's winging the shots, right? And... You know, he's missing a lot. Now, a lot of the times, that winging, bum-rushing approach did allow him to get inside. And he went for takedowns. The takedowns are, like, he always went for a double leg. And, um, you know, Thomas did note that he probably might have a better job switching to a single. But he never really changed the approach. Throughout the fight Trying for takedowns Never got one um, And Flores It's a weird situation Because they both Technically had the same reach But Flores looked Like the longer fighter And I kind of feel Because Really only one time did it seem that he, he was going to try and finish the fight That was with the body shots in the second round Now you do kind of feel that there were times when because He clearly was the more skilled Right, with, with the more technical striking And you kind of felt that he possibly could have finished this fight if he wanted to try and finish the fight, but he what it didn't seem like he was going for finishes. You know, sometimes he'd admire the strikes he landed. And like he allowed Perez to get inside a lot. Right? So yeah, kind he did because he was throwing those um Matt, like a oblique stomps, you know, those those John Jones uh leg strikes he he'd throw where you're kind of stomping down just below the knee. And he was you know, Flores was throwing those, which did stop Perez's, you know, forward motion. But you kind of feel like push kicks, things like that could have stopped Perez coming in. But Flores seemed content with allowing him in and just thwarting the takedown attempts, right? So you kind of think that Flores, he could have made it a bit easier. Not that it was overly tough in some, in some extents, you know what I mean? But he, yeah, I kind of felt Flores possibly... Could have made it a bit easier And In utilising You know His uh, Long game I think What we'd seen from Flores He possibly could have stopped it But 
you know, solid performance either way. So, yeah, last two fights were, yeah, were decent. Weren't bad, you know. I'd, I'll possibly um, check out the next icon um, when it's on again. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see how, um, you know, Mir progresses as well. You know, maybe she gets some fights in Invicta. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, people. Have to wait and see. Okay, so Francis Ngannou, he, um, yeah, he's not happy. He is not a happy camper right now. So, supposedly, um, Stipe, he's out until March. No, uh, yeah, no idea, really. Haven't seen anything about this. I'm assuming it's, um... You know, it's an injury he picked up in his last fight. There's, I, I think there was, like, he'd had the eye difficulty and stuff. But, yeah, it was a tough fight, right? So, he's going to be out. And so, Ngano, he is, yeah, he's pissed, right? He, he said um, on social media, contenders have to fight for something. And, yeah, listen, we get it, right? But, I mean, March isn't technically that long. It's not that long, right? Um, I mean, uh, Ungano, like, his full t- message actually was two title fights in the UFC heavyweight division for the past two years. And yet we don't know if there will be another one anytime soon. I mean, that's, that's a bit false, right? Because we know if Steve Hayes back in March, then we're going to have a title fight in March, right? March or April at the latest, I would imagine. And um, yeah, Ungano then wrote, I fought once for 20 seconds in the last 16 months. I mean, listen, <laughs> no one can help that shit, right? If you're going to blast your opponent out the water, then yeah, you're going to fight for 20 seconds. But this is the thing, right? Uh, Francis can, you know, lament and moan and all of this. There are fights, you know? There are fights. Look. If Francis really wants to fight, then Francis can fight. But Francis wants the title shot, which, listen, I'm not faulting him for wanting the title shot. I get it. I understand. But if the champion is out, right, the champion's injured, and technically it's not a crazy amount of time, you know, he's going to be back in March. So, there's not really any point doing an interim belt. Unless it's going to be longer. So, you know, come January, if, you know, Stipe tells you, listen, I'm going to be out for a bit longer. They might do a belt. But at this moment in time, there's not really a point. But, there are heavyweights. So I'm sure if, if you know, Francis told Dana, listen, just give me anyone. Because, I mean, I'm a wrecking machine, son. I will fuck anyone up. So let me do that just to uh, keep busy. And then I'll do that title fight when Steve Hayes back. That can happen, right? That can happen. But Francis wants a title fight, or he wants an interim title fight. So it's kind of in Francis's call. You know, you can moan about the situation all you want. But let's be frank, right? The, the heavyweights don't necessarily ever fight loads of times in a year. 
you know, how many times have we seen, you know, that heavyweight champion fight three times in a year? You don't really see that. You know, at the most, it might be two. But for a lot of the time, it's they fight once a year. You know, just the way it is. You know, and the smaller guys, they'll, they're the ones that fight more. So you know this shit. So you have to kind of then figure out, what do I want to do? Do I want to keep busy? Right? So, hey, I'll fight. Because if you really believe you're the baddest motherfucker in town, right? If you think you're going to blow everyone away, then blow everyone away. Because, you know, it ain't no hassle to you. Right? So you're just you're just making uh, money with the fights. But if you re- if the, all you want is that title fight, then you're gonna have to wait. Right? So Francis has to make that decision. Do I just wanna keep busy? Right? Which you know, you think probably the sensible thing. You know, if that's the case. I'm sure you can get a fight, but if all you want is that title shot, stop moaning, man, stop moaning, and also, right, if, say, in March, you beat Stipe, are we going to see you fight multiple times a year, yeah, because, listen, you're, you're saying all of this now, but what will you be doing? You know, because it, with with all of this noise, all of this chat, you kind of now got to defend. If you win the belt, you kind of got to defend it a few times a year. You know what I mean? Show and prove. Otherwise, you know what I mean? <laughs> it kind of speaks for itself. So, um, yeah, Bulls in Francis is cool. I kind of feel that... He's going to sit out for that title shot. So, um, yeah, that's the case. Francis, stop with the tweets. It's boring, man. It's fucking boring. All right, so Leon Edwards is not a happy man. You know what I mean? He is not a happy man. Right, so um, the UFC rankings for the welterweight division, I think they came out uh, maybe today, yesterday, recently. Right, they've been updated and Edwards has been removed. Right, so I think word is because of inactivity. Right, which I have to say, that's... Look, it's a fair situation, right? And it's good to know, although, right, it's a weird one. Like, the whole ranking situation is weird. Because, firstly, we don't always see people get removed because of inactivity, right? That's definitely a thing. But here's the rub. The UFC don't actually do the rankings, you know, it's a panel of, like, journalists and other people that submit them somehow. I don't know the process, but that I, all I know is that's what happens. And the UFC have nothing to do with it. But, you know, Edwards has been offered fights, right? So this is the crazy situation. Right, Edwards has been offered fights, and remember, he was offered the shot at Usman on Fight Island. Right, he was offered that shot, but turned it down. Now, listen, I get it, I understand. You know, he he well, he turned it down because he was like, listen, it's short notice. Mm, and I think, what, it was, I don't know, three weeks, a month, it, it was something like that, right, but he's like, listen, the gyms in the UK have been shut, which, yeah, that is a thing, gyms and shit were shut, 
So I haven't been able to, you know, properly train. Hmm. So all of that, listen, all of that makes sense. But here's the thing. Here is the big thing. Everyone's in the same situation, right? Everyone's in the same situation. And remember, when UFC London got cancelled, right, they were moving things around. So they did say, hey, jump, jump on a plane, get to the States, we'll get you a fight, right? Because remember, there was another card... Uh, it was just after the pay-per-view, right? So there was one more card, and then that was it. It got locked down for a, a couple of months. But Edwards was said, look, jump on the plane, you will get you the fight. But he didn't. And he could have, right? He could have got on that plane. But now the reasons were... Not all, the, not all the training crew would be able to go because, you know, family and kids, people didn't want to leave them behind. Which, listen, I get it. I understand, right? I understand. It all makes sense. But here's the rub. If you want a title, sometimes there's sacrifices that you have to make, Right? Sometimes we got to go, ah, fuck it, let's go do it. You know what I mean? Let's go do it. And if you believe in your abilities, that's what you do, right? So, listen, I'm not faulting Leon, I'm just laying down the facts, right? So, he didn't come, right? Didn't come. So then there's all the, you know, everything gets shut down. Events start happening. Events start happening again in May, right? So as soon as you know, okay, so we're back. We are getting the ship rolling again. As soon as you know that, I'd have imagined every fucking fighter would start training, You know, yes, gyms are shut, but there's other things that you can do, right? Go running in the park. Look, people found workarounds, right? People found workarounds. People converted their garages and other spaces. You know, people that had gyms just went and worked out in a gym. Yeah, they can't open to the public, but people worked out on their own. You know, got a couple of pe- like training partners, went worked out. You find a way, you do it. And so it was kind of odd that there was a lot of fighters that didn't, right? So then when the call came, right, and it, it wasn't a surprise. You know, everyone was told, right, we're getting the shit back rolling, there's going to be fights, but then you had people that couldn't, because they haven't been training, they've been sitting around getting fat, right, which again, I kind of get, because it was a fucking weird situation, everything gets locked down, right, so you look, so you don't know what to do, people losing jobs and shits like that, because, you know, not everyone's a full-time fighter. Some people have to work too. So, yes, it's, it's a weird one. But you got to take responsibility for that shit. So when Edwards couldn't take that fight against Usman, that's kind of on Edwards, right? That's kind of on Edwards. So that didn't happen. And then... After that, Leon, he's on Twitter, like, calling people out, calling for a title shot, calling for this. And it's just like, oh, son, you weren't ready when there was the shot, right? You weren't ready when there was the shot. There's no point calling out certain people, 
right? It's one of those ones where people call out McGregor, and you're just like, you're ranked 12th. Now, I think rankings are bullshit, but you know that fight isn't going to happen, right? You know you're not going to get that fight, so what the fuck are you doing? And even, listen, Edwards didn't do anything like that, right? Because you think where Edwards was ranked, like, any of the people in that top five makes sense to a certain degree. But George Masterval, if that fight was going to really happen anytime soon, it would have. So, like, keep on calling for that fight. What's, what are you doing? What are you doing? Calling out Covington. Like, you know that these people aren't going to fight you because all they want to do is fight Usman. Right? So this is the problem. He's calling out certain people that just weren't going to fight. He's then, you know, when um, Burns' Usman fight gets postponed, right? He's like, oh, Burns, how about you fight me for the title shot? Burns ain't going to take that fight because he's already got the title shot. Right, he doesn't want to happen to him. That ha- what happened to uh, Joanne Calderwood when she fought Jennifer Meyer. So Burns was never going to take that fight. Right, but in the meantime, Wonder Boy is calling out Edwards, but Edwards says, "No, it doesn't make any sense." Bjorn, Wonder Boy is, you know, he's lower than me. Why do I fight him? (sighs) You know? So he's turned down that fight. Right? Chimavev, he calls him out. And I understand why he doesn't take that fight. I get it. I understand. You know? As I said, and I said, look, what, last week or the week before... You have these people calling out people who you know they're not going to take a fight, right? When you come in unranked, ranked fighters aren't really going to take that fight. And it's not because they're scared, but it took them ages to get to that spot. And they're not going to, you know what I mean, throw it away. They want to fight the person above them, so they can move up, right, so listen, I get why he didn't, but here's the rub, when other people aren't taking your fights, your options are pretty fucking limited, right, your options are pretty fucking limited, so if someone's willing to throw down, take the fight, Right? If you haven't fought in a year, take the fight. Because here's the thing with rankings and why rankings don't mean shit. Gilbert Burns, right? Gilbert Burns wasn't like high up in the rankings, but when people needed someone to step in, Burns took that fight. Burns took that fight, and it's because of great displays, he then moves up and puts himself in a position to get a title shot. So, if, you know what I mean? If Edwards takes the Wonderboy fight, and let's say stops Wonderboy in the first, second round, even the third round... Yeah, it's probably going to be a main event. So whatever round he stops him in, because it's not like Wonderboy is uh, finished a lot, right? So if Edwards puts on a great display, it then solidifies him, right? It then, you know what I mean? Regardless of the rankings on where Wonderboy is and any of that bullshit, you put on a good display... Then people are like, oh, fuck. I think Edwards could beat Usman. Look at what Edwards just did. Bum, bum, bum. Same with Chimave. 
You know what I mean? So that's the situation. And what do we get, right? Because Edwards gets moved out of the rankings and all of that, now he's like, where you at, Chimave? Which, listen, <sighs> that's a good look, right? you got to give it to Edwards, the fact that he's, you know what, fuck it, fine, I'll take him, you know, and he's, he's not calling for, you know, any of these higher ranked people, right, he, he stopped with all of that, and the person who is out there looking for a fight, he's just like, alright, fuck it, yeah, I'll take you, because he could have said Wonderboy, Right? Because Wonderboy still doesn't have a fight. So he could have said, alright, Wonderboy, fuck it, I'll take that fight. But no, he said Chimave. So you gotta give him props for that. And um, you know, as Chimave does, he then responds pretty much straight away, and he says, I'm always ready to fight. Let's go. Rock and roll, baby. So We'll see, because, you know, the way everything was looking, and I think I said this the other week, it looked like Chimave was going to be fighting Neil Magny on December 19th, right? So, um, who knows? Who knows, right? Well... That didn't take long, did it? You know what I mean? Jeez. Hey, call for it and it will happen. So, um, yeah, Edwards, he uh, he called out Chimave. And uh, that fight's happening. So Dana White, he, um, he went on the Jim Rome show. And, uh, yeah, he said that, They've um, agreed terms with both fighters So uh, it's going to headline um, The, I think it's the last card of the year The the 19th of December Yeah, so um, I believe that card is in Vegas At the Apex Um, So yeah (laughs) It all got sorted Now I don't know what that means for Neil Magny, right? So, will Magny fight on the card with someone else? Like, I don't know, because I kind of feel bad for Neil Magny that he's lost a fight. But, you know, it, it, yeah, it does the thing, right? So, it gets Edwards, gets him a fight, right? And it, also gives Chimave the litmus test. So this is the thing. If Chimavev wins, I imagine he they I if Chimavev wins, I could see him getting the next title shot after you know Burns Usman. I could see that very well happening. But If Edwards wins, then he gets that title shot. I mean, if Edward wins, you know, it it just serves the purpose of, okay, he's finally fought. Because his last fight was July last year. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it finally gets him back in the octagon fighting and you can... Easily just say he gets the next title shot, right? So it answers all the questions that are currently out there. It sorts out the Edward situation and it also sorts out the Chimave situation. But even if you know Chimave loses, it's not really hurting him, you know, because. He would be fighting the, um, like, he, I think he, Edwards is back at number three. He's back in the rankings, and I think he's number three. But essentially, he's the number one contender. Let's be real, right? 
So, yeah, if Edwards wins, which technically, you know, he should do when you're talking about experience and all of that, if he wins, it doesn't hurt Chimave because, you know, when you look at the number of fights, the experience and all of that, Edwards should win. Right, so all you say is, okay, Chimave moved up maybe a little too quickly. You know, so he just fights someone else a bit lower down. You know, it doesn't hurt. But if he wins, yo, everything's a motherfucking go. Right? Everything's a motherfucking go. So, yeah, it, hey. You have your cake and you can eat it too with this fight. So uh, yeah, it's so it, it's always impressive how quickly this shit happens in the UFC. You know, it is the thing that's always been frustrating with boxing. How two fighters can say, "Hey, I want to fight him," and it still doesn't fucking happen. Right, so the fact that you can basically one evening say, you know what, fuck it, I want to fight this person, and then that fight gets made. Yo, hats off to every fucking person involved. God damn, this year is gonna end with a bang. Okay, so the weigh-ins have now been completed for UFC 254 And the main event is a go You know, it was pretty um, interesting Khabib was the first to weigh in So, yo, you got to give my man that You know what I mean? He was just locked in and ready to go So, he went behind a towel, but he made the weight, so all is cool. And he didn't look in a bad way or, you know, anything too crazy. Gaethje weighed in, you know what I mean, not too long afterwards, and he was all good as well. Uh, so the co-main event, that was cool. Now, what was interesting, I don't even know. Sometimes, I don't know, I, I get this impression of... But it is completely wrong. And I thought Jared Kandanir was taller than Robert Whittaker. He is not. <laughs> Whittaker is the taller of the fighters. I don't know why I thought Kandanir was like so towering. But yeah, Whittaker's the taller. Who'd have thought it? Well, I guess the people that could actually <laughs> work out the height. <laughs> but yeah, I got that shit wrong. Um but yeah, both of those they both weighed in all good. Both um Whitaker was 186 and Cannoneer 185. Um then Alexander Volkov he was 265. Harris came in at 254. Both looked in shape. I don't think I ever noticed Volkov's back tattoo Unless he's maybe got more work done to it But, yeah huh. Who'd have funk it, man? Um, it was interesting when Lauren Murphy And Lilia Shavarova weighed in Because, like, Shavarova, she, I don't know she is like she tried to make Murphy flinch for some. It's a little weird. It was a little weird. Like Murphy just shrugged and like shook her head. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I I I def I picked Shavarova, you know, just to be uh, contrary. You know what I mean? Just throw the dice every now and again on the underdog. I do really think Murphy's going to win that fight, though, people. You know what I mean? Now, Ion Kutalabra, he looked in shape. Right, it's weird. Mag Magomed Ankalov, yeah, he looked... And I wouldn't say he looked out of shape, but he looked a little heavier. 
crazy thing, they both came in at 205 and a half, right? But yeah, Kutalaba, he looks, yeah, he looks prepared. You know what I mean? He looks prepared. Another interesting one uh, was the main event of the prelims Stefan Struve against Tai Tuavasa. So they both came in at 265. But have to say, because, um, you know, Tuavasa was on Unfiltered this week. And uh, yeah, he was saying that, you know, he'd, he'd been cutting down, he's lost weight. And he does look trimmer, right? He does definitely look um, like he's, yeah, he's been putting in that work. So that's, you know, that's interesting, right? So we'll, we'll see if that helps with the gas tank and all of that. Now, two fighters did miss weight. Yeah, two fighters did miss weight. So, uh, Alex Oliveira, so he's got a welterweight clash with Shavkat Rakhmarov. Um, Rakhmarov, he came in at 171, so he's all good. Oliveira, though, he was at two pounds over. He came in at 173, so not so good. He's uh, 440, 20%. Of the wage packet And um, Then Our first fight of the night Joel Alvarez Against Alexander Yakolov Now Yakolov He came in at 155 and a half Which is all good Alvarez though He came in at 159 and a half Not good you know what I mean? He's three and a half pounds over. So, um, yeah, he got fined 30%. Now, I listen, like, I feel we talked about, you know, missing weight a lot. I do believe, you know, what Adesanya was saying after the last pay-per-view. And, yeah, people should get fined 80%, you know? Find 80% Because Listen In fight week You just come in lighter You know what I mean Because a lot of people Come into fight week And they might have 15 pounds to cut Right Maybe 20 Depending on Your body Your makeup You know how much You can cut Typically But if you're gonna have to give up 80% of that card Of that cash You know what I mean I think it will make people Either Fight in a different weight class You know Because if, if they're having difficulties And stuff like that You do not want to lose 80% of your purse So it might make people fight In a more realistic weight class or coming into fight week, they're gonna come in real closer to the weight. You know, maybe five pounds to cut, something like that. But it will mean that, yeah, I think mean, less people will um, miss. There's like coming in at 159 and a half. That's not good Because then you have to wonder What the fuck are you going to weigh When you step in there You know what I mean I think that's the big thing Like what will you weigh On actual fight night Because I do kind of feel that You should <laughs> You know what I mean a, a weight class is a weight class So the weight you enter the octagon Should be that weight class But we know that's not the case so, it, it, I mean, when you miss weight, what the fuck do you actually come in at? That's the big thing, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, it's a crazy situation. Hopefully, someone's going to come and sort it out. You know, the one com a commission will just go, nah, this is what we're saying. But, yeah, 
we're going to have to wait and see. Now, we've got two alternates for this card. Um, well, no, actually, we got three. So, Michael Chandler, he came in dead on championship weight, 155. Right, so he's there in case for some reason whatsoever Gaethje or Khabib don't make it. Then we've got Sergei Morozov, who came in at 139 and a half. Now he is a um, alternate for the catchweight fight between Casey Kenny and Nathaniel Wood. And then we had Issy uh, Fitakafu, who came in at 203 and a half. And I think he's an alternate for, um, hmm, which one is he an alternate for? I mean, it must be the uh, Ankalov Kutalabra. Yeah. That's the only one it could be. So, yeah, we got those. Um, so, yeah. Whew. Now, just a few more hours and it is a go. So, yeah, man. God damn. Looking forward to this card, people. Let's get going, right? Okay, people, so we're at the end of another episode. How about that Leon Edwards news, right? Fucking crazy, but great all the same. And um, yeah, all the fight, the title fights, it's a go. Tomorrow is going to be off the chain. And shit happens at what, seven? 7 p.m. in the UK, which is unheard of. But uh, yeah, let's look at the news before we dust. So, this is interesting, right? Frankie Edwards. Frankie Edwards? Frankie Edgar. <laughs> oh, shit. Frankie Edgar has reportedly asked the UFC to fight Corey Sanhagen, which is an interesting one because he was meant to fight Sanhagen, right? That fight was meant to have happened, but first of all, he then took the fight against Korean Zombie, and then he, um, you know, took the other, the you know, the the the, the, the Marais fight. For um, his Yeah, his debut So I don't know, right? Because Corey has put himself in a real good situation So, um, you know I guess Corey could technically wait For the winner of um, You know uh, Funkmaster and Yang Because I imagine he gets that shot Or he f could fight Edgar, right? All depends. All depends because he could get a little, you know what I mean? Because Edgar kind of snubbed him, could do the same, right? Just fuck it. I'll wait for the title shot. Who knows? Interesting though, people. Interesting. Also, um,. Alex Pereira has signed a four-fight contract with the LFA, right? So, at, the, at this present moment in time, Pereira is actually a two-division kickboxing champion with glory. He's their, um, you know, I think he's a welterweight and middleweight champion. Um... But because Glory, whoosh, they're in a lot of trouble right now. You know, the Dutch arm has gone bust. So, yeah, it makes Glory kind of, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he's signed with the LFA, right? Making his MMA debut. I think he might have had one or two fights in the past. But, yeah, this is the legitimate push. 
right? And he's got a fight. He already has a fight. He's gonna be making his debut on the 20th of November against um, the LFA, uh, a middleweight fighter. Um, what's his name? Thomas Powell, right? So he's gonna be fighting Thomas Powell, um, yeah, for his LFA debut. So it's interesting, right? If he, you know, if he racks up some good fights, I wouldn't be surprised that he then gets the the move across to the UFC, you know. And being the last person to beat Adesanya. If Adesanya still has the title when Pereira comes in, he might go straight into a title fight. Right? That could happen. So, um, interesting times, people. So, um, yeah, there you have that. But let's get into some fights. Alright, so um, on the 7th of November, Diego Ferreira was meant to be fighting Drew Doba, but unfortunately Ferreira has had to pull out. So, um, you know, the fight's two weeks away, so I imagine they'll be looking for someone to uh, step in. Right, and um, fight Doba, so we'll have to see what happens. Right, so the fight was meant to happen. Um, I think it was meant to happen uh, last week, right? So, um, Rafael de Santos uh, against Islam Makavev, right? Or um, was it meant to happen this week? I mean, it was meant to, but RDA got COVID. But all is good. Because that fight will now headline the 14th of November card. So, uh, yeah, everything is golden because that's going to be a good fight. Now, on the 5th of December, Cody Stamen was going to be fighting Marab Dallas Billy. But unfortunately, Stamen has got a back issue, so he's out of the fight. Now, it's a little time away, so I imagine they'll get someone to fight Marab. But yeah, we'll have to wait and find out who. Alright? But then that leads us, yeah, you know, the 19th, where uh, Leon Edwards, as we've talked about, will now be headlining that card against Kamzat Chimave. So uh, that's going to end the year nicely. And then on the 16th of January, Sarah Morais will be fighting Vanessa Mello. So, people, that is us. We are done. Now, it's time to get that sleep. And tomorrow, UFC 254 is finally a go. So, people, we will see you on Monday to, uh, yeah, recap all that crazy-ass action. All right, people. Peace.